0: In the sports talk radio justice world, mediocre quarterback play and porous tackling are considered especially heinous. On the Lance J Show, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad at Paragon 7 Studios. These are their stories.
1: Yeah, it's not like Ann Arbor Community College went Lane Kiffin over the weekend or or Gus Malzahn. Or Mike Leach. It's not it's not as if they had these sophisticated plays that they just had this revolutionary new offense. They ran the ball down Ohio State's throat. They were the bigger, badder team. And they ran the ball down Ohio State's throat. They went, they went off tackle 30 times. They're running right behind the the center. They're going off tackle left, off tackle right, wham left, wham right. This is a Madden playbook. This is like Madden 2002. I think Ray Lewis was on the cover. It's not sophisticated offense. They manhandled Ohio State. Ohio State got manhandled by Oregon. I wasn't, if you listen to the show, I said that Ohio State was going to have some problems going into that environment. As many freshmen as they play, having a freshman quarterback now, CJ Stroud played pretty well. No turnovers. But when I saw the game, I saw that it was snowing. I saw there was 110,000 people there in the snow and fog. I was like, yeah, Ohio State's going to be in for a pretty rough day. Michigan played that game like their lives depended on it. They wanted a piece. They wanted all the smoke. They were in the smoking section. They wanted all the smoke with the Ohio State University. And after, after two decades of... Absolute arse kickings. I don't blame them. You you, you were owing forward to JT Barrett, and JT Barrett is almost legally blind the last time that I checked. JT Barrett couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat in the Pacific Ocean. And Arbor community college has been Ohio State's concubine for a long, 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 long time. And it was good to me I mean I was obviously I wanted Ohio State to win but I've been saying on the show this isn't this isn't an excuse it's not new. I said that I wasn't extremely high on this Ohio State University team. I thought that they were young. I thought that they would get rattled going to Michigan. I thought that they would have trouble with the crowd. They had not played in this type of environment before. Last year was a COVID year, so even when you had road games, they were they were in empty stadiums. They had a lot of trouble with Penn State. I knew that going to Michigan with this crowd, with Michigan's playing for something. Usually when Ohio State plays Michigan, they've already lost three games. And Ohio State's playing. They're either undefeated or they're a one-loss team. They're still in the mix for the national championship. They're still in the mix for the Big Ten championship. There was no way it was going to be a cakewalk going into Michigan when Michigan's a one-loss team with with a chance to 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 play in the playoff. And the irony is is that when Ohio State hired Urban Meyer and he ultimately turned the team over to Coach Day, who I'm 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 still not that sure about Coach Day. I think Coach Day inherited a Lamborghini. And I'm not sure if Coach Day is going to crash the Lamborghini into the wall at 160 miles an hour. I mean, I can recruit five-star athletes at Ohio State. It's Ohio bleeping state. The only dominant perennial power in the North. And I'm from Columbus. I know a lot of people that played at Ohio State. As I've said, even before NIL, Ohio State had some of the, the, the best linebackers and safeties that money can buy allegedly cuz I don't want to get sued. I don't think the I don't think that Gene Smith listens to my show but you never know. We're we're expanding. We're getting we're getting much bigger. We're not on at Columbus yet. But we could be on at Columbus. Columbus is a part of Urban One. So technically we could be on at Columbus. I need to be to be careful with what I'm saying. But it was Michigan's time. You you don't you're not going to win that that game is not supposed. So so Michigan fans You deserve to storm the field. You got much respect for me and and Buckeye fans. I think that you were the better team. I was concerned about the game. I think Ohio State has a better roster. I still think that. But they have a better roster with a bunch of freshmen other than those wide receivers. More of those guys that play for Ohio State are going to play on Sundays than play for Michigan. And Michigan was built for that game. They were built for the snow. They were built to run. They were built to block. Ohio State is a spread offense. Ohio State is basically running an SEC offense. Ohio State's basically the 15th member of the SEC because they've built their team to compete with Bama, to compete with Auburn, to compete with Georgia, to compete with Florida, to compete with LSU. They didn't build their team to run off tackle against Penn State, Michigan State, and scum. Lowercase sc capital um, but I think it's 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 good. I don't like to see Ohio State lose. It's good to see Michigan actually take the game seriously and come out with some emotion and not get mollywopped again and again and again and again. It's bad for the Big Ten. It's bad for Ohio State. Iron sharpens iron. When it's a cakewalk every year for Ohio State, knowing that hey maybe if we lose maybe we'll lose at Penn State if they block like three punts. Or get a pick six or something like that. But that's the only way they're going to lose at Penn State. Every game in Columbus guaranteed victory. Michigan State, they'll punk Ohio State every once in a while, but Ohio State takes Michigan State seriously because they've lost to Michigan State a few times. So the last few years, they just go in there and blow their doors off 51-10. to And then you know that Michigan is going to put up a fight for a half, and then Ohio State's speed and superior coaching – and superior athleticism is going to take over the second half. I think that Paris Campbell still scoring touchdowns from a few few years ago, and they rolled up sixty two points. It's good to see the Michigan players. It's good to see the Michigan coaches, the family, Rob Woodson, Desmond Howard, all of these all of these famous guys. It's good to see them take the rivalry seriously. It's really really good to see that. Um, it's something that's been a long time coming. And Ohio State needs Michigan to be good. Ohio State in my opinion needs to have other elite teams in the Big 10. Wisconsin's not cutting it. Iowa's not cutting it. Nebraska's a joke. And I love that I love that that Michigan State locked up their coach. I love that that Penn State locked up their coach. And then you have Harbaugh at Michigan, so he's safe for another year until they go down to Columbus. Now, he's talking a lot of smack after the game. You know, he's talking about Coach Day. I wouldn't do that. Jim Harbaugh is still still 1-5 against Ohio State. So this one win, the thing about this rivalry is it's a rivalry. It's It's a longitudinal rivalry. And if you look at this snapshot of what Michigan has done against Ohio State, it's not a very good snapshot. I if I was if I was the if I was the maze in blue, I'd calm down a little bit. I mean, you won, you were the better team, you were a superior team, you were the bigger team, you were the stronger team, you were the faster team, you wanted it more. You deserve all the props. You deserve the respect. I I respect it. They hammered Ohio State. I think the game wasn't even as close as the score indicates. But let's puff the brakes on some of the other smack talk. I mean, you're still you're still Michigan, right? You still Ohio State's played in five national championship games in the last 16, 17 years. I think Michigan has won half of a national championship. And that was in 1997. In 1997, I was a freshman in college showing up late to, to English one-on-one. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if the rivalry's on. I don't know if it's back. I don't know if Michigan's back. You were back for a day. This is a good season. I think you have a very legitimate chance to win the Big Ten. Now, I wouldn't get too cocky because you got to play Iowa. And Iowa. I was good at mucking it up and playing a 10-7 game. So don't beat Ohio State like it's your Super Bowl and then lay an egg. But, hey, if you want to go to the playoff, and get thrashed by Alabama or Georgia like Ohio State does, then, then have at it. You're not heard my feelings. I'm just saying for all my Michigan fans, y'all just need to chill. We respect the win. We're happy that Michigan's not a doormat anymore. It's bad for Ohio State to have a bye week before the conference championship. We need better teams in order to compete with the Alabamas of the world in the college playoff to compete with the Oklahomas to compete. If USC ever gets their, their ish together and having, and having Ann Arbor community college as an ATM for a 20 piece win, having a 20 piece McNugget with extra barbecue sauce every year at, at Michigan gets boring. I thought I felt that the Ohio state players, they were lethargic. They weren't as into the game. They're so used to beating up, or Michigan, it's not even it was not even a rivalry anymore to them. It was just like oh, we've got Michigan. They don't even circle the game anymore. So it's good to see the little engine that could come out. They wanted to beat Big Brother. They brought one hundred ten thousand friends with them, and they ran the ball down their throat in a, in the snow. I loved it. I didn't love losing, but it's good to see Michigan stand up, actually have some self respect, man. It's embarrassing. It's been embarrassing, but. But like I said, you know, Coach Harbaugh, he took a shot at Day. He said he said that Coach Day was born on third base and 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 thought that he hit a triple. And that might actually be true, but if you're Coach Harbaugh and you're one in five, I you know, I would just say that hey, Ohio State, we we hate their guts. They're our enemy, but there's there's respect. We own them today on to the Big Ten Championship. Because the difference between the Ohio State University and Scum Lowercase S C Capital U M that team up north, Ann Arbor Community College, the difference between us and you is we're not looking at beating Michigan. That's not that's not one of our goals. When when Ohio State fans look at their calendar and they do their scheduling and they look and see what's going on, they're they're not worried about Michigan. They expect to beat Michigan. Because Ohio State has better players than Michigan. Ohio State puts more people in the NFL than Michigan. Ohio State has much more speed than Michigan. You have a team this year, a lot of freshmen on the road. Michigan should put up a fight. Shouldn't be a cakewalk. They were a better team yesterday and won. But Ohio State and Ohio State's fan base, they're focused on national championships. Michigan, you guys act like you won the Super Bowl over the weekend. Beating Ohio State shouldn't be your Super Bowl. Beating Ohio State, when you're the fifth-ranked team at home in the snow, you should expect to win that game. You're at home. It's a rivalry. I'm, I'm happy for you in a sense. Sometimes when your little brother beats you at pickup basketball, you kind of smile and or beats you at checkers or beats you at connect four. You smile and you're happy. But Michigan – you got to upgrade your standards. At the end of the day, you're an inferior program to Ohio State. And this just means that you won one out of eight. What happens next year, all that smack you talk, you lose a bunch of seniors, Ohio State rolls you 55-7, to seven, and you're right back where you started. Lance J. Show. James Lewis. Shout out to all them guys. Man, Rashid Wallace, you know, you know, Katino Mobley, you know, um, Sean Red Smith, Terrell Stokes, you know, all of those guys. A lot of them are um, Philadelphia legends when it comes mm-hmm. to the basketball.
0: Right. No, but I drop real numbers on them. <laughs> <laughs> so what would that make me? <laughs> Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flip squad.
1: Are you jamming people up? Are you crossing people up? All of that. Are you, it was
0: all of the above. Yeah. I was, I was, um, similar to iverson you are listening to the lance j radio network as a former quality executive
1: who has literally retrieved and coded millions of charts i've worked with our new partners over at episource for many years and am proud to now serve as a brand ambassador and part of their product development team episource is a global industry leader in chart retrieval coding quality analytics and in-home assessments For information on Episource, go to www.episource.com and fill out one of their contact forms to request a demonstration. You don't know me. Probably never will. But I need
0: you to do something for me. Something that could literally change everything. You'll never get a thank you card. And yet, I need you to do it. And if that weren't enough, I need you to do it as soon as you are able to. If you do this for me, I'll do it for you. And for every single person you love. Deal? This is our shot to leave COVID behind. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.
1: J Radio Network. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback, really overwhelmingly positive feedback, about the series of segments that we've done on this show about affirmation and, and surrounding yourself with people that love you, that cherish you, that appreciate you. It's a good feeling, right? If you're if you're listening, so much negativity. On social media and so much negativity in, in society. People are in the politics, deep into their politics bag, people are are going after celebrities, people are arguing over over race and critical race theory and things that divide us, religious differences, people are fat shaming. How about surrounding yourselves with people that, that appreciate you and and actually want to help you? Get over the mountaintop. So it's very important to me to to have that discussion. I was talking I was talking last week about my grandfather, who I really, really miss. And how we would be at Publix just doing some grocery shopping, getting his favorite chips and some ice cream and and he loved uh, Diet Verners and Diet Canada Dry. We'd be in a checkout line. And my grandfather would be bragging about me to the people in the checkout line at Publix saying, hey, I'm here with my grandson, Jay. He's He's a big shot vice president at Blue Cross. And I'd be like, granddad, nobody cares about that. But you need to have that in your life. You need to have someone that loves you so much that they're willing to make a public spectacle out of themselves. Because they want to pour into you. They want you to feel that you're great. They want you to feel that that your success and ability has absolutely no limitations. And when it comes to business, I'm kind of shifting into to the business conversation. Whether you're like me or an entrepreneur, or whether you're a manager or in corporate America, or if you have uh, a job that that is more of a hands-on job, construction, HVAC, whether you're stamping, cars in detroit wherever wherever you are listening to the lanche radio network that same concept holds true and it's very much reflected in pricing always remember if you're listening to this show and remember unlike these other people that are out there they're self-help gurus never managed the portfolio never managed people You're listening to someone that's that's managed nine and 10 figure budgets and had large teams of people and made every, and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying, because I've bleeped it up. <laughs> I made every mistake that you could possibly make as i matriculated throughout my career. So many times I've had people that I've inherited that have worked for me that were getting underpaid they were making 60 cents on a dollar, sometimes 50 cents on a dollar. And they had, they had a coworker that did the exact same job, same job code. That was making 30, 40, $50,000 more than them. And that information got to them and they came into Lance day's office. They were angry. They said, it wasn't fair to want to know what I was going to do about it. I always sought to help those individuals, but I would say, look, I'm going to help you. But HR generally is only going to give you a 7.5% increase annually because that's that's usually the max that they do. You should have believed more in yourself and not taken a job where you are getting underpaid significantly. It's your responsibility to do the market research. It's your responsibility to have the cojones to actually negotiate a better deal. That's not Lance J's responsibility. Now, I'm going to help you out as much as I can. Especially when it's an African American, especially when it's a woman, because African Americans and women are severely underpaid. And I've always been a champion for women in the executive boardroom, women at the director level, giving people promotions, giving people bonuses, giving people what they deserve. But it's not my responsibility to negotiate your pay scale. You have to do your own research. You have to believe in yourself enough not to let somebody exploit you. And in the illustrious words of Fat Joe, who I love his podcast, for those that are successful, the prices are going up. Yesterday's price may not reflect today's price. And as, a, as an entrepreneur, I'm going through that myself because there, there are jobs that I took. When I first started doing consulting, a lot of people don't know, I talk about it a little bit on the show, but I do a lot of consulting for risk adjustment at STARS. Man, I think that radio is my passion, but I'm not just a radio host. Really, I'm a consultant. The Lance Radio Network is a part of of Paragon 7 Studios and my consulting practice. And we're a healthcare consulting company. And that's it. Shout out to to Stacy Santiago, CEO of the nurse practitioner group who, who is partnering up with, with the Lance J radio network and Paragon seven studios. I'm really excited about that partnership. We just, we just inked the deal on Friday. So we're, we're in business together. And What I'm doing the NPG nurse practitioner group, they have this fantastic network of nurse practitioners. Now I've, I've been in this field for a long time, working with clinical stuff. I've led clinical ops teams. I've had claims report to me. I've had clinical ops report to me. I've obviously had risk adjustment in STARS and HEDIS. All of the data report to me for for those that are in healthcare. I've had CAPS and HASS, the surveys report to me. I've had value-based care report to me. A lot of that work gets done with nurse practitioners. I'm very high on the nurse practitioner model. And you see our partners over at Episource, I'm hoping to to make that introduction to to MPG and Episource. Want to get MPG, they do a fantastic job with the the VA. And they're looking to diversify their portfolio and get into Medicare Advantage and get into Medicaid. So if you're interested in in hearing more about that, you definitely want to DM me at Paragon7Studios on on IG. But we've wanted to have some clinical partners because I'm not a clinician. But now we have the ability... I can come in, I can show you how to run your analytics team and how to do risk adjustment in STARS and I can give you end-to-end contracting advice, special on value-based care, special on how much to pay the providers or if you're, if you're the provider and, and, I'm, and I'm coming in to work with you, how much to get paid from the payers because I, I finance both sides of the war and I know what's going on on both sides of the ledger Now we have clinical support and with our partnership that we're looking to expand with urban one, we will be the only consultancy perhaps in the United States of America that can put the strategy in order, can get the clinicians to do the actual work and coding can do the analytics and can do mass media marketing campaigns. For healthcare initiatives like HEDIS, risk adjustment, STARS, cancer screenings, vaccinations, flu, COVID, mental health awareness, social determinants of health, and health equity. So when you're in that situation, and I don't I don't do this for the money, but it is just different because I feel I feel like I feel a little bit like Kendrick Lamar on the, on the Pimple Butterfly album. I've gone through my good kid, mad city phase. I've proven myself in 2022. I'm coming in with a different mindset. And those prices will, will reflect accordingly. There were, there were jobs that I took in previous years when I was getting started and I would take really, really low pay and, and take half or less than half of what the market value. And you you're, always say, you don't dictate your price. The market dictates your price. It's about the market. A lot of people think that they're worth more than the market. You got to do the research on the market. But we've leveled up at, at Paragon Seven Studios, and the prices will reflect that that leveling up. And the reason I mention it, I've I've run into a couple of people that did not believe that I was worth market value, and I and I'm and you can ask anyone about Lance Day. I'm not greedy. I even. Charge generally less than market value. I'll take eighty cents on the dollar because I own the supply chain, so I don't have to be greedy. I could take less because I own I own this company. I I own this mfr outright. But I had people that wanted to pay me like a third of of what I was worried Would pay me 40 50 cents on the dollar, and I said, Look, you can go to McKinsey and hire someone. You pay them eight hundred bucks an hour. And if it's a risk or stars person, you go, you go to McKinsey, get somebody from Harvard or Yale that you think is smarter than me. I'll run circles around him when it comes to risk adjustment, star ratings, clinical operations, and value-based care. I tell this story to, to close. I was at a job. My boss wanted to hire one of her friends that was going to report to me, basically forced me to hire someone that I didn't want to hire and gave them a fat bonus. And when I added up the bonus in this base salary, I was like, man, this guy's making more money than me. I didn't get mad. I didn't throw a tantrum. I was like, man, I'm about, I'm getting about, I'm getting underpaid by about 30 K 40 K. Okay. I didn't throw a tantrum. I didn't go to HR. I didn't call up Al Sharpton. And the coalition of staffs being discriminated against, I went out. I found a better job in a month, and was out of there and leveled up. Because, like Fat Joe said, yesterday's prices may not reflect today's prices. Paragon Seven Studios.
0: You are listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. Paragon Seven Studios. the first lieutenant of the Universal Flip Squad.
1: You know what? I didn't tell you this, Slants. I went to Hampton. What? What? Yeah, I went to Hampton you. You went to Hampton? Yeah. Man, you we've been doing a show together for a whole year. You just pull it out that you went to Hampton? I never went to class. I was just uh, partying. Oh, so you so you enrolled at Hampton.
0: James Lewis. You didn't I enrolled actually, at Hampton. You didn't actually
1: go to Hampton. Well, I had a couple of good friends. They all went to Hampton but and I was just sleeping on their couch, so I went to some of the classes.
0: You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.